0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on Foundry Sports with me, Sebastian Oren, and Pauly Costell. No Elliot today as he's uh, a bit exhausted after driving all day. I guess he spent eight hours in the car, so he will not be with us today, but me and Polly will do our best to... Uh, sort of sum up what happened in the Premier League over the weekend, and then we'll take a look ahead at the second leg of the semifinals in the Champions League and the Europa League. And um, so I don't bury the lead here, Polly.
1: I don't even know what the lead is.
0: Crystal Palace 5, Leicester nothing.
1: Oh, yeah. Big game. What a game. What a game. What a game. And I mean, this is... This is uh I mean I thought Lester had something in them but I'm not so surprised about Crystal Palace because they're like we discussed this especially when they hired the guy Roy Hodgson is kind of a good manager for bad teams. He's like a better Big Sam. He that you know like that's just where he belongs.
0: Yeah, a mid-table and, club.
1: Yeah, I guess I I would I would say he is actually a good manager at taking bad clubs and finishing mid-table with them.
0: Okay. Hmm. Cuz I mean I, really... would,
1: I would say he's good at overachieving.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cuz I mean we could see that Alan Pardew was not getting the most out of this Crystal Palace squad, which isn't too bad. They have some good players.
1: Yeah, no. And and they look more organized. They run for balls, they chase things down. They they get They were always um, a team that, you know, had some good players. And and because of those good players, they would attack in spurts Mm -hmm. and look decent. But they play more as a team now.
0: No, absolutely. I think he's done a really, really good job there, Roy. So uh, kudos to him. Palace move up to 11th place now. It's their biggest win since
1: beating Man United in 1972, I think.
0: Wow. I think it was. That's... It's been a long time coming then, but yeah, but with, you know, how tight it is towards, you know, mid to low table. Yeah. That wind just bounced them straight up to 11th place.
1: And, and Crystal Palace are like the sum of, they're like a microcosm of all these teams in that they kind of remind me of David Moyes Everton. They're, they're starting eleven's really good and can, and can really go out there and, and, Maybe Moyes' eleven was better in that they can compete with the best of teams, or though that's that's probably revisionist history in my brain right now because when I think about the stats, it was like David Moyes like never beat any of the top teams away from home. Um, so the problem is, is that like you know they they are maybe twelve, thirteen players deep, and that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. and as soon as they get an injury, like. Everything, called, everything falls apart. And you don't, you know, in the way that modern soccer works, you don't just get one injury, you get three, four, five injuries and they just, they can't replace them.
0: Yeah, that's true. And
1: yeah, that goes so back true. to, that, and that's a league-wide problem. Is There's no depth signings anymore. No one signs players for depth.
0: <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing too. I mean, a lot of, there's not a lot of players that are happy with just coming and be a, you know, bench player anymore.
1: Well, the, the the key is those players have to come from your academy, but nobody gives those academy players the shot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, um, you know, John O'Shea, Darren Fletcher would not have signed for United to play the roles that they played.
0: Yeah. That is true. Um... And,
1: I mean, or, or you, but then again, maybe you, you have to, maybe you, you just find somebody... Um, yeah, like you know, someone's not going to go from say Crystal Palace to Tottenham to to or from Tottenham to Crystal Palace. You know, uh, that's a good example. Someone like uh, Tom Carroll or um, Tom Hiddleston or Jake Livermore—they're not going to leave Tottenham to go to another team to be a depth player. They're going to leave Tottenham to go somewhere. Um, they're going to go somewhere where they can jump into the starting 11 but when you find like a, a player um the key is find a young player from somewhere else from obscurity who's getting now the chance to go to england and play for a club and you say okay right now you're going to be a depth player but in two three years you won't be you know you'll be at the starter. now maybe they won't maybe they'll maybe their career will you know john Obi Mikel signs for chelsea and you know his career was just be a role player Ji-sung Park his career was just be a role player. Sometimes that's the way it happens, but you need to you need to make those signings.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, you you saw a guy like Mikel, you saw a guy like Park, you know, make a a real good impression when they did play too. They they were always willing to come off the bench and then, you know, when it was, you know, sort of a less important game, yeah, they would start and they would do well.
1: It's the attitude. They were willing to, to do what needed to be done. Okay. They were willing to, to go out there and and say, "Okay, um, coach needs us to do this. I'm going to go and do it." If you're the guy that says, "Oh, um, I should be starting," and when I get out there, I'm going to show him, and I'm only going to you know, I'm only going to hustle when I get the ball so I can create a goal and show them that I should be starting. Then you're not going to fit into that role, and you're not going to you're not going to
0: uh, succeed. Oh, that's true. And, uh, you know, if we keep on the Palace track here a little too, you know, looking at their more prolific player, I mean, Wilfred Saha has been rumored to be leaving. There's, you know, a couple of clubs that would like to add him to their side. I mean, if if you look at Saha and maybe, I don't really know if there's any interest in a guy like Benteke really, but do you feel like Pal can actually keep most of the squad intact and then sort of build off of this? I mean, Benteke
1: hasn't done anything, and right now Chris, and right now, Zaha is the key to their attack. The, what they need to do is, if you lose Zaha, you have to find somebody that replaces him and find some... I mean, Zaha came from nowhere. Crystal Palace, the one that found a Zaha, yeah. um, playing in the championship, mainly because England found him, um, playing in the championship. He went to United, where he would have gotten his chances if Sir Alex Ferguson was still around. And then didn't get any chances there. So we came back to palace.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. So we actually will be joined by Elliot. He's being a trooper here. So I'm going to add him to our little Skype call here and see if, uh, if he's alive. I don't know if I would do that eight hours in the car and then record a podcast. I don't know.
1: I guess after eight hours in the car, he needs to talk to somebody else besides himself.
0: Maybe. Hi, Elliot. Oh, hi. Hi. I'm, uh, you know, we got to commend your dedication here. Eight hours in the car and then you still show up for a podcast.
2: (laughs) And I'm kind of sick, too.
0: There we go. Yeah, Pauly and I, we've, uh, so far, we've only discussed uh, Crystal Palace beating Lester 5-0 and sort of the whole Palace deal there with Roy and all the good things he's done, so... We'll, we'll sort of move over to our next little story here, and Liverpool only getting a scoreless draw at home to Stoke, sort of a little Europa hangover or Champions League hangover, I should say.
1: Yeah, and this, you know who, you know who to, who's to blame for this? Who's to blame? Manchester City. How so? They ran away with the league, oh. and they've run away with the. You know, Liverpool aren't. That far back of, you know, United, and in a regular year, quote unquote regular year, but in uh, any other year, especially ones closer, you know, four, five, six years ago, they'd kind of in a title race, and they wouldn't be able to get away with the performances that they've gotten away with, and it's the back-to-back performances now, where you've had the Champions League coming up midweek. You could just tell it's not their priority. You know, we're good enough that we can draw Stoke and get the points that we need to get to finish in the top four. We're saving everything for the Champions League. And kudos to them. And their fans probably don't care, and they shouldn't, because what's the difference between finishing third or fourth or second? Who cares? Um, You have a chance to win the Champions League. But for a team that hasn't won the Premier League in 28 years, if they were right in the thick of things, oh, this would not fly.
0: No, not at all. I'm I'm surprised, though, that they did, a, you know, they played Salah for the full 90. They played Firmino for the full 90. I would have thought that maybe they would actually arrest a couple of guys. I know they have some injuries, so they, you know, they don't have a bevy of options, but. They rested Salah for the last 20 minutes against Roma, and look at how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, Elliot, what do you make of uh, Stoke 0, Liverpool 0, or Liverpool 0, Stoke 0?
2: I mean, I was also honestly surprised that um, that they came out with such a large, you know, full complement of players. And if they were really hoping that they were going to play themselves into scintillating form ahead of the second leg, that certainly didn't happen. <laughs> um,
1: okay, I mean, but Liverpool have always played down to their opponents.
0: <laughs> that's also true. Yeah, we should also say that West Brom got their first win in a while here. They defeated Newcastle, one nothing on the road. But Bro, they
1: won two weeks ago.
0: Oh, yeah, they did. My bad. I tried to forget that game.
1: Yeah, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, still, they're still in a very tough spot. They would need to win their two remaining games, and um, they would need a lot of help. Swansea would need to lose both their games. By the way, Southampton would have I'm, to... very,
1: I'm very disappointed in Tottenham getting a win because the I realized over the weekend the uh, Chelsea or the Liverpool falling out of – actually, I guess just Liverpool these two because we need them to fall out. The Liverpool falling out of the top four um, and winning the Champions League plus Arsenal winning the Europa League and knocking whoever finishes fourth place out of the Champions League – scenario is very much in play
0: yeah oh that's what you want here okay
1: i wanted it to be tottenham because like the collapse would have been hilarious (laughs) but i will gladly take chelsea uh making this epic comeback down the stretch to you know win out and jump into fourth place only for two weeks later liverpool to um (laughs) to be like nope you ain't going Well, the thing is, though, that that would be a particularly
2: poignant bit of poetic justice since Chelsea themselves were the team that did that to Tottenham several years ago.
1: But not as extreme, because back then, just winning the Champions League did it. This would be like, you have the perfect marriage of Arsenal would have to win the Europa League as well. Yeah. So you would have that perfect marriage right there, and, I mean, this all hinges on Arsenal going to Atletico Madrid and getting a win, which we all know is probably not going to happen, so the scenario not so much in play.
2: I mean, it's not like you know they've they've had a decent defensive record at home. What conceding zero goals this calendar year in Madrid? Oh, uh, that's a pretty good. I style. mean, it's
1: not like Arsenal. It's not like Arsenal have to overturn a three goal deficit, though.
2: No, they just they have to win a one off game, which is like
1: you know what it. Given, they have to score a goal.
2: Yeah, that's... First and foremost. And, and like, given the Arsenal ties, like, the ways in which Arsenal have been eliminated from European competitions down the years, going into a semi-final second leg, very much still in the tie, if also, nonetheless, very much a clear-cut underdog, I'll take that with both hands.
1: Hey, Henrik Mkhitaryan's in form. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Scored one of the worst
1: goals you'll ever see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first... You know, since you mentioned Chelsea there, Polly, they got three wins in a row after beating Swansea 1-0 on Saturday. Um, Chesk Fabregas with the early goal in that one, just four minutes in. And that was the lone goal of the game, so they did what they well, needed to do.
1: And Let's not give them too much credit, though. No,
0: because but they came away with a win.
1: Yeah, but their last three wins are Swansea away- oh Three away, away wins, but Swansea, Burnley, and Southampton, and the best win there by far and away is Burnley. Yeah. So you've beaten eighteenth, seventh, which you know that's not in the slush. That Burnley have done what they've done all season long, model for consistency, and um seventeenth. So not exactly the the uh, a banner three game winning
0: streak no it's not and their remaining schedule is they got liverpool coming up on sunday then they play huddersfield and then they play newcastle two first games there are at home and then newcastle away to round off the season and then they got the FA Cup final as well so pretty interesting stuff here we'll see how things shake out um Elsewhere, Man City takes a 4-1 to one win over West Ham on the road. Paulie, did you, actually, did you actually have that scoreline correct?
1: Yeah, you made a comment about it. Yeah. And I <laughs> predicted it, and I said, yeah, no, I'm being generous. I'm going to give West Ham a goal. I just feel like West Ham are going to sneak a goal in.
0: Yeah, because I was I was telling Elliot, too, because me and Elliot, we met up here in Cincinnati and we watched the Man U Arsenal game. And I, when I saw the scoreline, I was like, yeah, I'm I think Pauly actually nailed that one. <laughs> so good on you there.
1: 4-1 is not an easy one to nail. I, was, no. I, I, I kind of remember looking back and being like, I don't think I did that well on Saturday. And then I went, well, 4-1.
0: Yep.
1: I earned it this week. <laughs> yeah,
0: Raheem Sterling with three assists in that game. So that's good for England, at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sterling and Lingard could... You know, I, if you told me at the beginning of this season that both Sterling and Lingard were going to have had the kind of years they did, I'd say maybe Sterling, Lingard, Lingard, never, get but, out of your you mind, know.
1: Lingard. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember when Lingard had his first game, his first good game this year, and someone tweeted the poll question of Jesse Lingard is, and the answers were only 24 or already 24. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good question about him. I never anticipated them jumping out on the scenes this year. But the the crazy thing is Manchester City have been so good this year, and Mo Salah has been so good this year. It's really completely overshadowed how good Raheem Sterling has been.
0: Yeah. Absolutely true. Okay, we'll take a short break here. When we come back, we'll talk about Manchester United against Arsenal, and then we'll jump into those second-leg fixtures in the Champions League and the Europa League. So stick around. Okay, we're back, Elliot. We saw Manchester United defeat Arsenal 2-1. to I mean, it was a, uh, you know, it was a decent game. We had some good food. We enjoyed some beverages. <laughs> and, um, I mean, what did you actually make of this When game? you
1: looked up at the TV, though, it wasn't that interesting.
0: <laughs> no. Well,
1: the thing is, it, it
2: honestly, it felt, even though, like, it's such a, on paper, in some ways, it's such a momentous occasion Venger's last trip, last trip to Old Trafford, Sir Alex in the stands, last meeting against Jose. You know, all of these, like all of these different narratives. We don't know be... that it's
1: his last meeting against Jose. They kept okay, playing that narrative fair, up, fair. but we don't
2: but know. Last, you know, last <laughs> meeting with him in charge of Arsenal. But anyway, yes. it's, it's also it was remarkable because despite all of that, it kind of it almost felt like a like a preseason friendly. You know,
1: the it's announcers not, made the same comment. Oh they really? Made the didn't same, have the volume up. Yeah, especially when there was uh, they did like a double change at one point. Yeah, I think it was United, and they were like, it, they were like, there's just so many substitutions here. It just feels like a friendly. And yeah. and it never and Lee Dixon constantly kept saying he just kept being like, it's United Arsenal, it's Old Trafford, and he goes, he goes, I can't tell you what this game is missing, but it's missing that spark. He was like, I don't know what the spark is, but it's not there.
0: Yeah, well having Arsenal so far back, I mean they're now yeah, now they're twenty points back, but they It's
1: not even that. It's it's just like, you know, when was the last time when was the last time United and Arsenal competed for something against each other? You know, like when Arsenal Arsenal's last title push, they were competing was... against Leicester. Yeah, um
2: the I mean the you know, you... in the league in the league it's been you know, practically a decade. Yeah. Like, like um, when
1: United were competing for the, t- the last time United were competing for the top, for a top four spot, they were competing against city in that same season. And then uh, like the last time these two teams played like, a really meaningful game. You can count, I guess you could count when in Louis van Hall's second year, when United actually got to top of the league in, in November. And then Arsenal, they went to the Emirates and Arsenal blew the doors off them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they met up again in Morton. like, United had their kids out there. It was Rashford's debut. They, like, they let half yeah. the academy play, and Arsenal, they lost 3-2, but it was never that close. The last time they played with anything on the line was the fifth-round FA Cup when Danny Welbeck scored the winner. And even that was, like, eh, because United fans were so lethargic about that season because it was Van Yal and things just weren't right yet. Yeah.
0: No, that's true. Yeah, Paul Pogba gave United the lead, 16 minute. Then Henrik Mkhitaryan tied things up, 51st minute, and then the Belgian poof ball, Marwan Fellaini. In How Mkhitaryan? Tournament. Yes.
1: Like, did a half celebration.
0: Half celebration. Yeah, he started I and then he caught himself.
1: Uh, yeah, and I lost respect for him for that. If I were him, I would have like, I would have went right in front of United's bench and pr- and like probably took taken all of my clothes off. Like, I would have rubbed that thing into Jose Mourinho's face as much as you possibly
0: could. You would have run up and then do the Pardew dance.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do something. I mean, make it clear that you're not doing it for the fans who also kind of quit on you. But make it clear that you are targeting the manager who signed you. And from the moment after he unveiled you, he treated you like shit for the next 18 months and couldn't wait to get rid of you.
2: Yeah, I've, I'm of two minds about it. I mean, I think that, like, I had, I had an argument about this. Well, not an argument. A debate about this with my friends. Like, when Mo Salah refused to celebrate against Roma, and he's like, I don't get it. Like, he scored an amazing goal in a huge game. Just, Dude, that was just such celebrate. a nice goal. Like, yeah. you,
1: can, you can you can celebrate yourself there. You don't have to celebrate yeah. scoring against Roma. Yeah.
0: but Well, I don't I mean, think he, he has any – he doesn't have any ill will against Roma.
1: Yeah. No, but that goal was so good. Like, there's there's a difference between celebrating the fact that you just accomplished something really good and really, like, rubbing in the fact that, you know, you beat them. Like, yeah. if let's say Salah gets a tap in. Like, you know, Sadio Mane plays a ball right across the six-yard box and Salah taps it in and goes off celebrating. That's unnecessary because, you know, you tapped it in. You know, but he scored an incredible
0: goal. You know who was actually, do you know who was best at that? The tap in and then celebrating like he scored the goal of the century? Ronaldo. Filippo Insagi. He was a master of that. He could score the easiest goal ever and then he would celebrate like he just did a bicycle kick from the penalty spot, basically.
2: So another. I, I, I actually thought, ah, oh, Nani's a good one, too. I thought you were going to say Chicharito. <laughs>
1: Yeah, his celebrations were all the same.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not exactly the Chad Ocho Cinco of the goal celebration.
0: Oh no.
1: No, but if I were Mkhitaryan, I would have, I would have, like, ran right in front of Jose Mourinho and done something. Can we talk about the the award presentation to Arsene Wenger though, and how weird that was?
2: Yes. Yeah, it was really. You strange. Guys... Well, it was especially strange because he let had to, like, like he. Like, Jose was sitting in the corner where it was Wenger and Sir Alex. That wasn't the – Wenger's so that, like, no, so no, come over here. You can did you be guys in guys hear it? too. It's did okay. you guys
1: hear it? No. Oh, no? okay. So it's the weirdest thing. Like, they come back from commercial and, and Arlo White's like, uh, uh, Jose Mourinho would not let Arsene Wenger go down, go to the visitor's dugout, like, because – and he drags him out to the center where Sir Alex Ferguson is there to present him something. But there was no announcement about it. So, like, Ferguson's standing there presenting him with this thing. There's people, there's obviously the press is there taking pictures, and they pose for it. But as they're doing that, the, the announcer is, or the stadium announcer is just reading off the United starting lineup. And the fans are just cheering for the United players. There was no, like, Old Trafford, like, please direct your attention to, like, center field where Sir Alex Ferguson's going to give Arsene Wenger a gift because we respect what he did and we respect the rivalry, and we we respect our rivals or anything. Like, dude, He literally was just reading the starting lineup. So if you were at the stadium, you would have had no idea that anything happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes it even odder. That is strange. That is strange. Okay, let's um, jump ahead unless you want to say anything else about the weekend that was.
1: It had to be freaking Fellaini.
0: It had to be. Of course it had to be. <laughs> Yep.
1: At least, at least he doesn't have a contract yet.
0: Yep. United's still in second. Uh, they're... They quenched top four. Five points ahead of Liverpool, and they have a game in hand.
1: Going to the Champions League next year. Quenched top four.
0: Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Tuesday, we got second leg in the Champions League semifinals between Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. And... Um, Yeah, Real Madrid holding a 2-1 lead from the first leg. How do you think this one is going to shake out?
1: Well, we all hit the nail on the head with our quarterfinal predictions.
0: No, those were atrocious.
1: That's not true. I picked Liverpool to beat City in the second leg.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, do we think that there's... Do we think that there's realistically any way that it's not Liverpool and Madrid in the final? Not
1: really. I I mean, Bayern obviously have the better shot rather than Roma. But, I mean, I watched a little bit of Bayern this weekend and they just looked lost again. Uh, Like, you know, when they lost to Arjen Robben, it kind of looked like all of their strategy just went out the window. And he's not walking. I don't think Arjen Robbins walking through that door. Let's actually.
0: I mean, that is quite a time. It's a strange one actually for them to build.
1: Yeah. He's, he's ruled out. So he's not walking through that door and they just haven't figured it out yet. So no, I don't, I, I just, I don't see them going to Madrid and, and beating them, but you—you you never know, because Juventus took the game to Madrid, and, and they had a lot of success doing so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that it is a tough place to go, but we'll—we'll we'll see there. As long as we don't have to see Ronaldo score and take off his shirt, yeah. you know, we okay. will
1: see him score and take off his shirt. Whether it's <laughs> yeah, whether it's this week or in the final, yeah. we will see him do it. Yeah. I, Dad, I taxes, and a shirtless Ronaldo. Oh God! Um,
2: I think Roma are probably gonna. I, I don't see Liverpool winning in Rome. I think Roma are either gonna win it two one or take a, you know, maybe a one one draw. But I, I still think Liverpool are gonna be through to the final.
1: Yeah. I mean tactically Roma will come out and play completely different. So yes. it'll be a different game because they got their tactics so drastically wrong. But yeah, I just I just I don't see them getting a 3-0 out there. I think if they go to get three goals like we like like we said last week, as long as Liverpool don't go out there and just try to run the clock out for 90 minutes, they should be fine. And if Roma need to, if For Roma to get three goals, they would have to devote so much manpower to get forward that at some point, Mane and Salah will hit you on the break.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, is that this Liverpool side is not only too good going forward in general, but too good going forward on the counter in particular to not see them getting a goal in this match.
1: And their their defense is good enough now that they can let you come at them and wait to hit you on the break. Yeah. They could absorb that pressure and shoot it the other way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like we said after the first leg, you just saw what Solid could do too. So you you know that he's going to draw manpower away from Roma too. So we'll see what happens there. I, I really hope Roma gets an early goal and makes a game out of it though.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, so do we all.
0: Then Thursday, both semifinal second legs, Atletico against Arsenal. That's 1-1 after the first leg. And then Red Bull Salzburg against Marseille. Marseille has a 2-0 lead after the first
1: leg. This is is the second time you've done this. You're spending seven seconds on this game, which is seven more seconds than anybody in the United States cares about. I wouldn't (laughs) even be surprised if Fox is even not showing that game. Like oh sorry we had this UFC uh um rerun that we needed to show and like who the hell's watching Marseille and Lintel
0: Salzburg ah don't be hard on the Salzburg fans (laughs) come on
1: they I I know I know a lot about them they are all in Germany (laughs)
0: um
2: well. Maybe some of them are in Germany. Yes, I was. But to I imagine say. more of them are in Austria
0: because Salzburg is in Austria. Yes. Oh,
1: you're right. I'm thinking of Leipzig.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. The, like other, one of the, the other Red, Red Bull, Bull teams, yes.
1: Uh, Leipzig's not Red Bull.
0: Ah, whatever.
1: The other Red Bull Arch- team is in New York. <laughs> and, oh, and trust me, the people in New York don't even know about Salzburg.
0: No, they're in New Jersey. Exhibit A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Uh,. See, maybe that's I mean, the thing. It, you can buy a membership to all the Red Bull clubs. <laughs> you know, it's packaged. I, I
2: wonder if there's any like cross pollination of support. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they tried that with um, uh, Shivas USA and MLS and it failed miserably. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: I mean, I. I Mark, mean, the, I alternative I is, the, the alternative in New York is going and supporting Manchester City. So. You know where yeah. my MLS allegiances lie, if they had to have allegiances.
0: <laughs> <laughs> New York Cosmos.
1: No, I, I mean I've I've been to a few Red Bull games. They're fun. Yeah, but I by yeah. no means support them. No, but but when they play City, you know where I'm. I'm, I'm on that red side.
0: Yep. Okay. So let's focus on that Arsenal Atletico Madrid game then. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, you know, we touched on this earlier in the show in that,
2: yeah, it's it was a disastrous failure for Arsenal to be a man up for 80 minutes at home and only get one goal and also manage to concede in a, a comic fashion that only Arsenal seems sometimes capable of doing. Uh, but nonetheless, right, like, In the first minute, if you said, this game is going to end 1-1, I would have said, awesome. In the 12th minute, if you said, this game is going to end 1-1, I would have said, get the hell out of the bar. You're crazy.
1: I mean, at at the very least, well, is one, yeah, no, I guess 1-1 is worse for you than nil-nil.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But...
1: Cause at first I, mean, I was this, talking to my friend and I was like, it, it's gonna be funny laughing in Arsenal when they played 80 minutes of up a man, and they're gonna get a nil-nil draw. And then when they, it was, I mean, also it was LOL defending. It's you know, yeah. like Atletico I mean, wasn't it, really trying to score. Atletico was happy to go down what, to lose one nil and be like, we'll get him on our on our home turf.
2: Yeah, exactly. And Kishelny cleared the ball into his own face, attempting an acrobatic clearance back into play when he very bar- much more easily could have just lumped it out for a corner which is not ideal but you know it's better but the worst thing in that goal is the way that it mustafi
1: oh
2: and- <laughs> <laughs> i mean even worse than that it was like because the thing is that yeah okay you tried an acrobatic clearance and it didn't come off in a you know in a way that leaves you with egg and ball in your face but nonetheless it was that mustafi just kind of jogs and he clearly is assuming that Kushelny is going to take care of the danger and then suddenly he doesn't, and then he's way out of position. And what does he do? He falls over, trying to scramble to get back to the place that he should have been already in the first place.
1: Like that's just—I feel like everybody would have done that. Every right. defend, every center, central defender would have done what Mustafi does because, like we've discussed, there just there really aren't any good ones in the league.
2: So here's my biggest question coming into the Arsenal Atletico Madrid game: Is that Mustafi is? capable of true horror shows in defense. Now, the question for me is, because Arsene handed the not only the first start, but the first cap period to uh, Arsenal's young Greek defender, Mavrap- Mavrapanos. I, I still don't even actually know how to pronounce his name. Konstantinos Mavrapanos? Perhaps. He did
1: well. He did well, because yeah, United never well. put him under pressure.
2: Well, but here's the question is, was that choice, was that choice, I mean, it's definitely a combination, a little bit of the both. But is it more he chose him because he needed to rotate the squad and wanted some youth to get some playing time, or more because Mustafi has been playing horribly and he might actually lose his place? It, now, it was
1: a big DGAF lineup yeah. from
2: Arsene I, I don't know. I mean, I on the one hand, it's really hard to toss a 20-year-old center half into... You know the the biggest away day in Europe that Arsenal have had in a decade. But on the other hand, his last game he played nine years. Last, nine years. You made, it, game, you made it to the Champions
1: League semifinal nine years ago.
2: Okay, better part of the decade. Um, I don't know. I I'll be interested to see that. Most of the people I've talked to think that there's zero chance that Rapidos gets gets uh, the nod in Madrid. But I I think it's non-zero chance. It, I'll say that. Certainly not likely, but I I could see it. I yeah. could
0: see it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Play the Greek boy. Uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye for this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Nora, and Paulius P. Quistel, and Elliot is Keats was better. And if you haven't seen it, Go look up Celtic and how they destroyed Rangers to win their seventh straight Scottish championship. and Steven
1: George, the new manager of Rangers!
0: And Mikel Lustig stealing a cop's hat in a celebration. It's hilarious. Go watch that, and we'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.